Good morning. My name is Bill Ackerman. I'm the clerk of session here at McGregor Presbyterian Church, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to this worship service this morning. We have a couple of announcements for you today. First of all, if you're not aware of it, we're very excited to announce that upon the recommendation of our interim search committee, the session has approved the hiring of the Reverend Robin Garrison as McGregor's interim minister. Reverend Garrison comes to us from Trinity Presbyterian Church, where she has served as a minister for 14 years. Her first day here at McGregor will be Tuesday, March the 15th. The reentry task force will be meeting again this week to discuss the current COVID-19 numbers and trends, and we will, of course, advise you of any decisions arising out of those discussions. Our guest minister today is no stranger to McGregor. We're delighted to have one of our own, the Reverend Dr. Pam Tabor, with us today. She has a doctorate in ministry from Union Seminary. She has served congregations in North Carolina and Georgia. Her husband, Bill, is also an associate member here and will be assisting her on the sermon this morning. So we're very glad to have you guys with us today. Thank you for being here. This is a communion Sunday, so I would remind everyone to please have juice and bread ready at home for partaking during the communion and Pam will give you more instructions when we get to that point. And now let us prepare our hearts for worship. When the world around us seems to be shaking, God's love is our foothold, which shall not be moved. When the light within us is dry and parched, God's word is our wellspring, our fount of living water. Let us worship the one who offers us wisdom and teaches us how to serve.
Let us pray. Faithful God, in Christ Jesus, you came to us as a little child to lead us to your eternal realm. Help us to receive your promise with childlike trust and joy so that we may one day rest in the loving arms of Christ, in whose holy name we pray. Amen. Our first scripture lesson today is Psalm 8. Listen now to the word of God. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Mark. I'm reading from Mark 10, verses 13 through 27. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to them, Teacher, I have kept all of these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. 
Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astonished and said to one another, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Here ends this reading. May God add blessing to this word and help us to understand it. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Lucy. She lived in England and had a pretty normal childhood. Then one day, when she was playing hide and seek with her brothers and her sister in a very large old house, she discovered a room that was empty, except for a very large old wardrobe. She heard the sound of the others coming and searched for her, so she stepped into the wardrobe to hide. There were coats hanging in it and mothballs on the floor, and as she moved farther in, she could feel the coats brushing against her and hear the mothballs under her feet. In the words of the author, C.S. Lewis, it was almost quite dark in there, and she kept her arms stretched out in front of her so as not to bump her face into the back of the wardrobe. She took a step further in, then two, then three steps, always expecting to feel the woodwork against the tips of her fingers, but she could not feel it. This must be a simply enormous wardrobe, thought Lucy going still farther in and pushing the soft folds of the coats aside to make room for her. Then she noticed that there was something crunching under her feet. I wonder, is that more mothballs, she thought, stooping down to feel it with her hands. But instead of feeling the hard, smooth wood of the floor of the wardrobe, she felt something soft and powdery and extremely cold. This is very queer, she said, and went on a step or two farther. Next moment, she found that what was rubbing against her face and hands was no longer soft fur, but something hard and rough and even prickly. Why, it's just like the branches of trees, exclaimed Lucy. And then she saw that there was a light ahead of her. Not a few inches away, where the back of the wardrobe might be, but a long way off. 
Something cold and soft was falling on her. A moment later, she found that she was standing in the middle of a wood with snow under and snowflakes falling through the air. This is the beginning of a kind of fairy tale. It's the story of four children and their adventure in a strange land called Narnia, where they meet an evil witch and a wonderful loving lion. The story is continued in several books. Once upon a time. Once upon a time there lived a great wizard once upon a time, a deep sleep fell on the inhabitants of a palace. Once upon a time, a little girl found an entire world in a closet. Wonderful stories of imagination and adventure. I love them. Uh, I, I know that many people have trouble uh, kind of getting into fairy tale kind of stories. You know, and I kind of understand why they're, they're not a part of the world, the realistic world here and now. They're unrealistic. Because to really get into these stories, you have to allow yourself to believe that such wild, imaginative places could really exist. So that means you have to set aside your logical, scientific mind and you have to not hang on to a belief that such adventures, people, and things could not exist. To enter the enchanted forest, we must be willing to enter like a child. Like Lucy, because it takes the openness of a child to believe that such outlandish people and places could possibly exist. You know, most fairy tales don't tell us just about the world of enchantment alone, but also tell us something about where it is and how to reach it. And surprisingly, the land of fairy is not as far away as we might think and as easy to get to as it is to fall asleep. You can enter it through something as common as a wardrobe or a mirror. You enter the extraordinary by way of the ordinary. A few, uh, actually, a couple of um, decades ago, <laughs> I woke up in my dorm room at seminary and I looked out the window and saw the front yard totally transformed. <sighs> the grass was gone. The driveway and the street we're just gone. All this had disappeared. And like Lucy, I was looking out into a land covered with snow. With snow falling gently through the air. It wasn't Narnia. It was Richmond, Virginia. But the snow was real and amazing to this girl from Florida. The earth was covered in white snow, two feet thick, and it was still falling. And there was a silence so deep and wonderful that you could feel it. 
oh sure, in the real world, I know snow can be a problem. You have to plow it, you have to shovel it. But the child within me, when I saw that, was absolutely ecstatic. It was the kind of sight, you know, it kind of gives you a funny feeling deep inside, especially when it takes you by surprise. When you see it before any logic or defenses are up, you just get lost in wonder. It was a glimpse. It was a glimpse of those joys beyond the walls of the normal world that makes the child within you <laughs> shout with joy. I believe this is the point that Jesus is trying to make in our scripture reading. Unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because in order to believe an unbelievable story like the gospel message, you have to be as receptive as a child. In the prelude, we heard the wonderful old song, Tell me the stories of Jesus. Well, when you think about it, those stories are pretty outlandish, aren't they? Mm. Uh-huh. Well, come here for a second. You know, let me tell you. Let me tell you about Jesus. He was born about 2,000 years ago to a poor couple. His mother was actually not married to the guy who became his father. Um, she actually never had sex. But uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, she became pregnant. Do you expect me to believe that? Um, well, you know, it really was wonderful. <laughs> it was. The angels appeared to these shepherds out in the field. Angels. And they told them where to find Jesus, and then they started singing, and the whole sky was filled with the glory of God. What have you been smoking? You know, there were also some wise men who came from the east, and they saw a star in the heavens, and they followed it to Jesus, to Bethlehem. They came all the way, and when they found him, they gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they called him the king. You got a bridge in Brooklyn and you're trying to sell me? Oh, come on, listen. And let me hear about this. When he grew up, he became such a dramatic speaker. He performed <laughs> lots of miracles. He walked on water. He changed water into wine. He uh, healed the lame and the blind. And, this is good, um, he even fed 5,000 people with two loaves and one fish, and there were 12 baskets of food left over after he finished. <sighs> Jive talk. No. <laughs> well, he also claimed to be the Son of God, the Messiah, and said, he was bringing in a new kingdom. Impossible. 
Okay, well, lots of people did have problems with him. He got arrested and condemned and um, executed. But that wasn't the end of his story. It was the beginning of something wonderful. Because on the third day after his death, he rose from the dead. He was alive again. And he appeared to lots of different people. And they talked about it and shared it. And then he went up to heaven to be with God and sent his spirit to be with all of us to guide us and grant us peace. That's a wonderful fairy tale, but you can't expect me to believe that. <sighs> okay, okay, Bill is right. When you stop and think about it, these stories are not slut. Do they make any more sense than Lucy's trip through a wardrobe? Well, no. We've become accustomed to the stories of Jesus, but really think about it. How believable are they? They don't really make sense. The whole thing is so bizarre that only a child could believe it. Just like the enchanted forest, you have to be open to the impossible to believe such a story. And it really is hard to do when you're a logical, grown-up adult. We're busy. Our lives are full of stuff. We have jobs. We have families. You know, we want to do well in this life, and we, and we want to be successful. We want to live comfortably. So we work hard. And, and doing well in life is important. Then, then you can save. You can have a nice home, a car, a smart TV, a cool phone. Oh, and television and social media, magazines, they all tell us about things that we should have to make our lives better. They tell us about things we can't live without. So we want them. And then we watch the news or hear it. And it always has something to say about the stock market going up or down, or the price of food going up, oil going up, inflation. We are surrounded by all of this stuff. The more we succeed, the more things we must have the things that weigh on our minds are bills, repairs, job, hey, maybe the need for a new outfit for this special event, or, or maybe getting the right gifts for our loved ones, or, or retirement, for goodness sake. Heavens, we don't have time for fairy tales. We are adults. We stopped believing in Santa Claus a long time ago. Now we just pay for it. <sighs> the world is complicated. We have to remain logical, controlled, and organized in order to survive. Or do we? When Jesus told the man in the scripture reading to sell his belongings, and give the money to the poor before he could be saved. 
the man turned away in sorrow because he had great possessions. He was successful. The man was rich and had done well in the world. He had accumulated all the stuff of adulthood. But I think he had crowded out the child within. He couldn't accept Jesus. And Jesus said to his disciples, My children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is much harder for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. How hard it is for us to step out of our logical world and step into the enchanted forest, the unbelievable. How hard it is for us to let go of our controlled adult lives and allow God to be a God of power and might and miracles, a God who is rather outlandish and does some really unbelievable things. We are all rich with the possessions that clutter up our lives. So who then can be saved? How can we let go of it all and believe the impossible? When they asked him, Jesus looked at the disciples and answered, this is impossible for mankind, but not for God. With God, everything is possible. With God, it is possible for Jesus to be who he says he is and to have done all the things that those stories say that he did. And with God, it is possible for us. Cluttered, logical adults that we are, to kind of be <laughs> born again, as if we had just left the womb, ready to experience the kingdom of God as a new thing. With God, we are empowered to be children who yearn to believe the unbelievable. We can hear the gospel, hear it with newly opened ears, and receive the story. Totally. We can believe it. We can believe in faith. A faith that does not have to be logical because it is a gift from God. Through the grace of God, we're enabled to see clearly for the first time. The Lord God is the master of all possibilities and makes everything possible. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, open our eyes to the impossible possibilities of your kingdom. Let us see with the eyes of a child and believe. Amen.
In this virtual world we're living in these days, um, we don't get to be here in the sanctuary to talk about our offerings and everybody placing it in a plate and thinking about what we're doing to help McGregor survive during this time. What we're doing is you send it in the mail. Send it to Michelle. Uh, you can, I think in the uh, newsletter, there are all kinds of ways that you can contribute to the work of this incredible church that's doing so many things. So we invite you to do so, to offer your gifts, to offer yourself in service at this time. We gather together today, too, at the table of the Lord. This is the Lord's table, not ours, as the gathering song said. This is God's table, and our Lord and Savior invites everyone to come to join together to eat of this bread and drink this cup. You are invited to come as well. Let us pray. Almighty and Heavenly Father, we come here today to celebrate, to remember. We come here to eat this bread and drink from this cup, remembering the stories about you and all that you did and the promise that you will come again. We ask that these elements of bread and wine will become for us a strengthening power 
an indwelling of your spirit. We come before you this morning and we remember all the trouble in our world. We know things are unsettled. <laughs> there are things that strike fear into our hearts. Be with our troops. Be with our leaders. Guide them and direct them. Help each of us to be faithful disciples. Here in Columbia, help us to serve. Be with our Afghanistan family. Help them as they settle here. Be with all those who are assisting. With those who prepare our snack packs. All the ministries of this church, Lord, we ask for your guidance. We ask that you would be with each one of us. That you would fill us with your spirit, open our eyes to all the impossible possibilities around us. And we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is given for you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and when he had blessed it, he said, this is the covenant in my blood. All of you, drink of it. And whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes in. If you have bread in front of you at home or bread in the little foil package, I invite you the bread of heaven. The cup of the new covenant. Let us pray. Almighty God, source of infinite power, who guides us through some really impossible situations, help us to move forward into this world strengthened by your will and your word and our experience at your table. We ask for your guidance in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Go now in peace, the love of God, the joy of the Spirit, and the power of our almighty God go with us all from this day and forevermore. Amen.